0: The names behind the numbers, the stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats podcast with John Little.
1: But I knew that if I didn't go all in with this system, that it wouldn't work. And that's just kind of how I live my life. I'm going to do something. I I go full throttle and 100% all in.
0: The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little.
2: What is happening? It is John Little here with you on the Her Hoop Stats podcast for another week. Thank you so much for being here. Can't believe it's already the start of the college basketball season. And I hope your team is already undefeated early this year as we get things cranking. And we have got some great participation on the Her Hoop Stats podcast here recently with our Unplugged segments. A couple of excellent previews of the college basketball season. So make sure to go back, listen to those, get yourself set up for a barn burner of a season As we go from right now all the way up through March and April, breaking down everything that is women's basketball on Her Hoop Stats, not only the site, but here on the podcast as well. So thank you for entrusting us to bring some of that to you. And here at the start of the college basketball season, I wanted to bring you a little bit of a different story. Now, listen, we're going to have a really big name next week, and I can't wait to bring it to you. It's going to be a lot of fun. This week, I want to bring you one of the top Division II college basketball coaches out there and somebody who is doing something extremely innovative in Kelsey Music. She is the head coach of the Southwestern Oklahoma State Lady Bulldogs in Weatherford, Oklahoma. So she came on board 11 years ago, and she decided she was going to run dribble drive motion offense as fast paced as she could. She would throw up a bunch of threes. And you know what? It didn't turn into wins right at first. She didn't have the kind of players that she needed to execute that style. They won three games in the initial year. Three. But slowly, she grew the program, and by the third year, they had won a conference championship in uh, the postseason, and then went on to the postseason, the Division II postseason from there. And then this last year, she had her best year ever. In her 10th year, she led Southwestern Oklahoma State all the way to the national championship game and was this close, this close. I mean, a breath away from being able to win the national championship in double overtime against a really good Lubbock Christian team. Southwestern led late in the first overtime, and uh, Lubbock Christian hit a late three to tie that one and send it to overtime number two. But still, she has accomplished so much there in Weatherford, and she's done it her own way. And we're going to get into this. Why the dribble drive motion offense has worked for her, why being different in that way has worked for her, and then what she had to do to take it to the next level, to make sure that she could dictate the tempo of the game and make it go her way. She just graduated a couple of amazing players off her team in Hayden Pretty and Haley Tucker. But still, Southwestern Oklahoma State goes out to Tulsa the other day, a Division I team, and knocks off Tulsa by three on the road, picking up the first ever Division I win for Southwestern Oklahoma State in an exhibition. So she's just built on it. It's working. And now it is it's not just because of great players, it's because of great players and a great system. She's a great friend of mine and a champion for women's basketball in the state of Oklahoma. It's Southwestern Oklahoma State head coach, Kelsey Music. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well Kelsey, and you guys are coming off uh, another first for your program uh, because uh, you guys uh, took down Division One Tulsa earlier this week, a huge win for your program. Uh, what did that mean to, especially after uh, losing to All-Americans off last year's team, uh, to show your team what they were capable of this year by knocking off a D1?
1: I thought it was huge for us. I mean, obviously our return three other starters, but obviously losing Haley and Hayden that are so dynamic. Um, they left a legacy. They were all Americans. They were able to do so much for us here at Swasu. but well, you know, when you lose those caliber players, you know, the question is, well, how will you replace them? And I think the first thing is you don't, you just, we made some additions that I think are going to be crucial for uh, our team. And then you just, you know, everyone's got to rise to the occasion and, and grow and this team will be, I think this team just went to show by beating Tulsa that we're going to be really good, but we're just going to be different.
2: Yeah, how so? How do you think uh, this team will be different? Where do you think the, uh, I guess, the, the strengths are going to be for this team this year?
1: You know, I think the one thing is we are a lot faster overall, so I think speed is definitely going to be a factor for us. Um, Obviously, we have some new faces. My freshmen are really going to have to step up. Um, Makaira has already done that. She's proven that on our first two exhibition games. But at the same time, I mean, I returned Bethany Franks and Tyra Aska, um, who were, you know, major impact players for us in the last couple of years. And then, you know, I still have Taylor Hedrick, Maddie Spurley, and uh, Tabor Beer, who've all um, logged quality minutes. So, you know, there are some faces that people will remember but I just think that the other thing is is we can shoot it really well and the the fact that I I think I have some pretty good depth and on any given night I have a different person who could step up and be a leading scorer and I think that makes a makes us a little bit scary and quite dynamic.
2: Well, the story of last year's team obviously was having those two stars, definitely. But then in addition to your dynamic offense, which you've run since you came to Weatherford now 11 years ago, you added a full court pressure defense. You added this chaos defense. Can you explain it a little bit to us and why it helped you guys take things to the next level last year?
1: You know, I think the biggest thing is um, we've always had, like you said, a dynamic offense with the dribble drive. Um, we've always wanted to play extremely fast. You know, even in the beginning when we weren't very good at it, um, we wanted to play extremely fast and score a lot of points. And so once we, you know, were able to establish our program here at SWASU, uh, we were in the top five in scoring for, you know, a handful of years back to back to back. So that made it nice. And we were definitely, like you said, known for our offense. But you know, two years ago when we lost the first round, when we went to South Dakota to the national tournament, you know, we had high expectations and we got there and we, we didn't, we, we didn't finish the job. And I knew that our offense was good, but I knew I needed to do something else to speed people up because as much as I played fast on offense, they would still slow me down when we transitioned the other way. So I I did some studying and I did my research and, you know, we kind of, t- we decided we wanted to do this full court press and we called it chaos and, it's a little bit crazy and, well, not a little bit. It's a whole lot of crazy and a, a lot of rotations. Uh, a lot of, tr- you know, my players have to learn how to trust each other and make reads, and, and they also have to be willing to gamble. Or, you know, we might give up a few layups here and there, but our goal is to obviously force, force the tempo and try to take people out of their, you know, being comfortable and force them to take rush shots. So we can get back going the other way on offense to try to get as many possessions per game as we can. So I think that that was kind of the turning point for us going into last, last year when we added chaos, I knew that that was something different we had to do. And I think obviously it was extremely successful for us. So we're just trying to make it even better and, and grow and learn um, as we face a new season.
2: What about your personality? Is it that you're just not afraid to take chances? Uh, and and this just seems to play so much into uh, your hands and your personality, uh, what you stumbled upon or, you know, studied to find last year. Uh, what is it about you that you just, you're going to take those chances? And as long as it comes out your way, 55% of the time, uh, you know, you'll take it.
1: You know, I think the one thing is, is I, I like being a little bit different. I want to do things outside the box. And you know, I I want my teams to play with confidence. I mean, if you come to my practice, you'll notice or, you know, if you watched any of the, you know, any of our games, everyone's kind of got that green light with us and I want them to be confident. And I think that it teaches them a, a lot about life as well. And they, they have to be, they have to be confident in, in all aspects. And I think that I mean, that's the biggest thing is the, the confidence level. And then just, like I said, we want to do things different. And that's one reason we established the dribble drive. And then, you know, we added chaos. We want to we lead the pack and be, be different and, you know, have people try to mimic us. And we we want to stand stand out and stand apart.
2: We love stats at HerHoopStats.com. dot com, and steal rate is a big way where you guys uh, you know really set yourselves apart last year, where you were seventh in the country in steal rate, and but opponents against you were only fourth in the country. You guys really took care of the basketball as well, so it uh, kind of goes to show how the chaos helped on one end, and having a an offense that you absolutely believe in and have run now for you know more than a decade uh really helped so people can check that out at herhoopstats.com you guys took a a huge step last year but still uh, in that championship game uh, you had an opportunity to be the national champion and and it didn't happen for you you fell in double overtime a shot here a shot there and, and you would have been champions reflecting on that coach how did you approach this offseason differently or how did you try to use uh, that uh, this offseason as you got your team ready?
1: You know, they got a taste of it. You know, I think it's hard to even get to that point to play in a national championship game. I mean, it's extremely hard to do. We've been, you know, that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to have that opportunity. And, And we did fall short. You know, I think back and I think of you know, if we would have hit a, a free throw early, we, we wanted to, you know, we started the game down 10 points, we come out and, and make some shots early, it would have, you know, probably changed the complexity of the game, we missed that big rebound, you know, there, you go back and you think of all the shoulda, wouldas and couldas, and, and obviously that's that's my job as a coach, but going into this um, this preseason as we be- began, a, a new season, a new journey, you know, I one thing that I preached is the fact that obviously, you know, ever it's evident we lost two All-Americans. Everybody knows that. But, you know, our philosophy is we want to reload. Um, there was a there was a reason why each of these freshmen chose Swasu and came here to to be on our team. And you know, this team has to find its own its own. We have to gel. We have to come together. We have to find our own unity. But in the midst of the preseason, you know, we, we did we did make it known that we are definitely reloading, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of doubt um, in the fact that can we, are we going to be as good? Are we going to be able to, to win games? We have an extremely tough schedule, but I've always said, if you want to be the best, you have to play the best. And, you know, for my, when you, when you were here with us, you know, I'll play anybody anytime, anywhere, any place. And I wasn't going to change that just because we lost two all Americans. I believe in my returners and I believe in our system and I believe in my freshmen. So you know we're just going to take it uh, one tough team at a time
2: regarding that playing anyone any anywhere any place is it difficult for you because you run such a unique style to get those division 1 exhibition games you from what i can remember you've had OU OSU and Tulsa now since you've been there and i may be forgetting one in there somewhere but is that difficult just because you know it's so hard to prepare for you guys
1: yeah, I think a little bit. Um, obviously, nobody wanted to play me last year. Um, their schedules were, were full or whatnot. But I mean, I've been calling Tulsa for, for years. And, you know, Coach Mossman finally agreed to play me, which I was excited about. But it's, it's about the opportunity for my players. I'm always going to fight for that. I just want them to be able to, to have that experience on, on a different type stage. And I just think that it's a good, a good prep game for us to, to have that opportunity.
2: Well, I agree with you completely there, and I, I get excited when I see you know teams that I've been connected with in the past. Like you guys, get those opportunities uh, against Division One teams. Um, I, I guess I, I just uh, am interested in kind of the behind the scenes aspect of things. What's the best way to get those? Is it just simply making contacts and calling and calling and calling, or is uh, is there some other way that maybe other teams are able to do it, or is it the secret just not being as good as you guys have been, I guess, in order to get those games?
1: You know, I think part of it is, um, you know, there was a time when we weren't as good. So I think in my opinion, it was a little bit easier to. um, Obviously, last year, you know, we returned to five starters and we had two All-Americans. So I'm sure no one really wanted to play us. We do play a different, especially now. Obviously, people are are heard about chaos at this point. So it's definitely not for the faint of heart. Not everyone, you know, probably wants to play against us. But at the same time, I mean, it's about making contacts. You know, I have had uh, some of the D ones here in Oklahoma say that they won't play me back to back because they want to give the opportunity to other teams, which is, you know, understandable as well. But, you know, I'd be willing to travel. I mean, I've tried to make contacts and email and call teams in in Texas and Kansas even, but it just hasn't, it hasn't worked out for us yet, but I'd be willing to, to, to play somebody if they, if they would want to play us in the future.
2: Uh, you guys listening out there, all those uh, coaches that are looking for exhibition games in the future, let's uh, let's make it happen for sure. We're visiting with Kelsey Music, the head coach of Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford, Oklahoma. And uh, coach, your schedule again this year is really tough. You loaded up as much as you could. Um, I, and I'm interested in not only the GAC-MIAA crossover, which has become kind of a yearly thing for you guys, but then also uh, you, you have a a, even though you're not in the same region, you have a history with Lubbock Christian. You and 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 Coach Gomez, they, you've been playing each other uh, for you know several years now, uh, going back eight or nine years. And finally, you got to match up in a national championship game. Did happening to match up in the championship game against him uh, cause you to maybe double think that uh, Lubbock Christian Classic coming up later on this month?
1: No, it didn't. You know, like I said, a few years ago they won. Uh, you know, they, that's when they won that first title in in the last. You know, since they've gone D two, and I called him up, and as soon as they, I found out that they won, and I tried to schedule a game with them, and he was willing to come here. And you know, I, I wanted to play the best, the the very top, because I needed my team to see where they needed to be, and I think that those kinds of things are important. and you know, I, I'd already kind of talked to coach Gomez prior to us playing in the national title, uh, about us, you know, we were going to return a game there. And then it just so happened that we were able to play in this little classic so I can get two games while I'm there. But you definitely, I mean, I, I definitely am not going to shy away from that opportunity, but at the same time, I mean, they play really well at home and they have a, a huge win streak at home and it's it's just an opportunity. And I, I thrive on those kind of opportunities and the uh, challenges.
2: Have you ever doubted yourself along the way when you've been, I, I mean, I like you said, I, I was there with you for, for your first seven years, and when, you know, maybe people from the outside are saying, this is not good conventional basketball to run up and down the floor, and look at how many points you're giving up, did you ever doubt yourself uh, along the way and say, all right, maybe maybe I just need to tweak it ever so slightly and just, just back off? Obviously, we look you know, 11 years later, there's no doubt that you were right. And being stubborn and hardheaded is maybe one of your greatest aspects as a coach. But were there (laughs) ever any times along the way where you were like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe I just do need to give in a little bit on this.
1: You know, honestly, at the very beginning, I, you know, when I first took this job, I knew I wanted to bring this different system and this, up this, high paced high octane style of basketball back here to western oklahoma and I also knew that it would take time so in the beginning those first that first year or two it was a struggle and you know sometimes you you sit by yourself and I'm like, okay, am I doing the right thing but I knew that if I didn't go all in with this system that it wouldn't all it wouldn't work and that's just kind of how I live my life if I'm gonna do something i I go full throttle and all in. And I think that those are also attributes that I want to display for my team and for these young women that I'm trying to groom and grow into better young women for the future. I want them to be able to go all in and don't, don't just tiptoe around it. I mean, what we chose to do, I knew it would take time and I knew it was a system. It wasn't just a bunch of set plays that we were trying to run. I was trying to implement a system that would hopefully withstand the test of time. And I think that Yeah, it was it was hard. It was challenging. And yeah, there are a few moments when I sat there and I was like, what am I doing? But I knew deep down that it was the right thing to do. And I fully believed in it, even when everyone else probably thought I was uh, a whole lot of crazy.
2: You've been able to steal a few players over the years from Division One opportunities, whether it be JUCO transfers or most notably, of course, Haley Tucker, who just graduated and was a nominee for NCAA Woman of the Year. She was a finalist there, and I know she made you very, very proud. Has that made it easier to pitch to these young ladies who are maybe thinking about a mid-major opportunity? Hey, listen, we've got something cooking here, and here are a few players that have— had these opportunities and decided on us and it's worked out for them?
1: Absolutely. That's definitely one thing that we uh, we try to, to display here at SWASU. I mean, Haley Tucker is a perfect example. I mean, she had all Division One offers and then, you know, we got her on a visit and she felt at home and she was comfortable and, you know, she left here leaving a legacy and she definitely made a name for herself and I think that that's definitely a, a sales pitch of ours in the simple fact that and if you're not going to one of those top tier division ones, I mean, are you going to play, are you going to play for a, a national title? Are you going to, are you going to play for, you know, a conference title and be able to, to win a ring? Because we can legitimately legitimately do that. And that is definitely something that we, you know, try to talk about on our visits to to different recruits. I mean, obviously at the same time, I can't blame them. I mean, if they, if they choose to go another route, but at the end of the day, I always try to, you know, put our best foot forward in the simple fact that, you know, we can back up what we say, um, we, we practice what we preach, and, and if you want to play for uh, some championships, uh, get, some, get some rings and, you know, potentially be on that national stage, you know, Swasu's definitely a, a great place for uh,
2: those recruits. You were five seconds away from a national championship last year. You did lose two amazing players, but still you were picked second in the conference this year and there are some really good teams in this conference and uh, obviously uh, Harding's going to be good this year but did that burn you at
0: all?
1: You know honestly I was I wasn't expecting to be picked number one obviously I want to be but I honestly thought that they might even pick us a little lower losing um, Haley and Hayden but I'm excited for the opportunity to compete in this conference and to display this team that I have with, you know, those returners that I have and with the newness that I have. I definitely think we're going to uh, shock some people. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I love the challenge. I, I love the, that little extra motivation of, of when people doubt, you know, they we obviously, like I said, we did lose those All-Americans, but me and Coach Anderson are still here. And uh, I'm ready to game prep and game plan. And then my my players, uh, you know, are are disciplined and definitely believe in our system and our program. And I think that that speaks volumes.
2: Tyra Anska has been an all-conference player before, a first-team all-conference player uh, for a couple years. She's been a Defender of the Year in the league, and now uh, she gets a chance uh, probably to to get a few more touches this year. I saw that she played 40 minutes the other day. It's not like she hadn't been a cornerstone player for you. But what do you expect from her as, you know, maybe she's counted on just a little bit more as – the key offensive piece this year?
1: You know, I think one thing is for her to be able to realize that this is her team and she doesn't have to s- step aside and, and just exist or coexist. She gets to be in the spotlight and she gets to uh, be a leader and as- assume the role of of a, of a senior um, on our team. And I think that that's just going to allow her to to really blossom and to be able to do more for us. Uh, the one thing that about Tyra is We always know that she can defend and she gets big stops for us and and is able to get some steals. And I expect her to to rebound better and to be able to score more efficiently this year. Um, You know, she's definitely going to have to do those things in order for us to be successful.
2: You mentioned Bethany Franks earlier as well, and she stepped in and was a starter as a freshman for you a couple years ago with that very difficult uh, center position, but she keeps adding to her game. What are you most excited to see about Bethany this year?
1: You know, I think the mismatch that she creates, I mean, she's definitely an undersized post player in our league, but at the end of the day, she's, she's hard to deal with because she doesn't, she avoids that contact and can get so many tips and steals. And you know, I think the one thing about chaos, it works even better with her in there because I tell my guards, Bethany can guard three people. So we can trap. We can gamble a little bit more. We got Bethany in the back. We're fine. So that definitely gives us more confidence. And then the simple fact that she's really uh, stretched her game. Um, her mid-range is, is really dynamic the si- and and the fact that she can shoot the three it just really makes it hard for um, other teams to defend us when she's able to do those things for us
2: yeah she had the go-ahead three against Tulsa the other day I saw and that's got to be tough for people to guard when a five can step out like that and take a a big shot at a big time for sure and then uh, Tabor Beer you've been talking about her with me for the last like five years she was like your number one target as a point guard you were a point guard um you know probably about the same height uh, about the same type of player you know speed uh, at a premium of course three-point shooting dishing off assists what are you most excited about when you think about Tabor for her junior and senior seasons
1: you know she's been waiting for this moment you know it's hard to come from high school, being the star, being able, you know, being a leading scorer and have to come and kind of sit and wait your turn. And she, she kind of had to sit in the, in the, in the shadows of uh, Hayden pretty for a while, but it groomed her for this moment and it it helped her to mature and improve her game um, where where it needed improvement. And she works hard every single day. And I love the fact that she stays late and shoots extra shots and she'll do anything I ask of her, but she has an extremely uh, high level of, her competitive spirit is phenomenal, but I, I love her speed. You know, we can be doing just a one on o drill with nobody Gardner, and if there's nobody else going hard on my court, Tabor Beer has one speed, and it's full speed at all times, and I love that about her. And it's definitely going to be hard, I think, for teams to handle um, her speed for the long term because, you know, she used to just give Hayden some breaks, and now they're going to have to deal with that speed for, uh, for, you know, up to 40 minutes a game because that's just Tabor Beer. She's like a bull in a china
2: closet. (laughs) Well, she had huge shots in the postseason last year. And I also noticed at the end of last year that, you know, she was pretty much, although she did not start games, she was a closer for you. She was in there pretty much the entire fourth quarter for most of the postseason run. How do you think that that helped her development?
1: You know, obviously, I think the first thing it did is it gave her confidence, and it helped her realize that she is a vital part of our program, and then I helped, I think I helped groom her uh, for the pressure situations that she's going to have this season, um, but those minutes were, were clutch for her, and she knew, uh, you know, when she hit that big shot against Central Missouri in the regional semifinals, you know, she if you, when, when I talked to her about it afterwards, you know, she said I, the whole time, she's like, you know, as the clock is winding down, I thought, Uh, there's a chance I'm going to take this shot because they're going to key in on Haley and Hayden. They're going to double-team them. They're going to focus in on trying to stop those two and she said, so if I'm open, I've got to take this last second shot. And, you know, she'd been in the gym a lot those last couple of weeks uh, as, as we are going into uh, the national tournament. And I, I always say that players have to ri- rise to the occasion. You never know whenever your moment's going to come, but you got to seize it. And That's one thing Tabor Beer did. Is she is, she's got a ice in her veins, and I love the fact that she isn't scared to take a big shot. And she did just that, and it it paid dividends. I mean, everybody knows about that, that three-point shot from Tabor Beer to send us to the regional championship. Huge shot, takes a, a lot of guts and a lot of heart and determination, but that's, that's definitely who Tabor Beer is.
2: You've carved out a Hall of Fame career for yourself at Southwestern Oklahoma State. You're almost at 200 wins, and that's despite a first year where you only had three. Uh, so you've racked them up. Has there ever been a temptation to try to – build another program along the way? Have you had those those sort of offers? Have you had thoughts of, you know, not that it's getting stale, maybe you want those days again where you have to build something from the ground floor. Is that ever a temptation for you? Or do you feel like this is the right place for you even now?
1: Right now, this is definitely the right place for me. I, I have had opportunities. I've had, I've had people, you know, call. Um, obviously, in my opinion, the right one hasn't come along. But you know, I, I find it flattering and I, I appreciate it. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm extremely happy and content where I am because, you know, I always tell my team getting to the top isn't the hard part, staying there is. And I think that's kind of where we're at. And we've been able to build it and we've been able to get to the top. But now, can we maintain that? And it, I, I take it as an, uh, another challenge and another opportunity. Um, to, to try to continue our success and, and maintain our level of excellence and greatness that we've established here.
2: Uh, we've talked about it already, but your style of play is so unique. Do you have a goal of wanting to spread that around to other people? Do you hope that we see more and more and more of the dribble drive and more of forcing the tempo on both ends? At all levels, and uh, you know, not just uh, not just at the high school level, or not just at the Division two level. Do you hope that that what you've done can start a trend eventually?
1: I think that would be awesome. You know that that is definitely the one thing that kind of you know in the back of my mind intrigues me a little about if I ever had the opportunity to take a Division one job that was fitting. You know, to be able to to see if this high high octane style can be successful at that. That level as well, um, you know. The, the, all those questions are kind of in the back of your mind, but at the same time, I mean, I think it would be awesome if if other teams took on and in that up tempo style. I mean, if, if you have ever been to a Swasu game at home, we have tons of fans that come out and they, they love it. You know, there's some of them that probably thought, "Man, what is she doing?" or "Why is she doing this?" But it, it, it's fun to watch a, a women's team put up a lot of points, hit a lot of threes, and and play a fun style of basketball that that's not slow or boring and it definitely helps bring out the fans and i, I think it would be amazing if it uh, took a just took off nationally and you know I'm, I'm always open i've had tons of high school coaches come in across the state of oklahoma and talk to me about you know my offense and my defense and you know i'm always willing to talk about it but at the end of the day it'd be it'd be kind of neat if if some uh, higher levels tried to do what we do
2: So come on out to Weatherford, Oklahoma. It's an easy flight. I think there are direct flights out of uh, all the major carriers (laughs) right into uh, Weatherford Regional Airport, right? Thomas Stafford Airport.
1: Exactly. Right here in small town, Oklahoma.
2: Exactly. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I think it's going to be educational for people that don't know about your program. And, uh, you know, I believe that you deserve to be uh, honored and featured in this way. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Well, thank you. I, I appreciate the support and you, uh, you know, putting the lady dogs uh, on the map and keeping us keeping us known and spreading the word. Uh, we love it.
2: There she goes, Kelsey Music. They are picked second in the Great American Conference this year. I would not be surprised at all to see them back in the postseason once again. They're already ranked in the top 25 heading into the year as well, and hopefully they'll find their way to the Elite Eight yet again this season. I really appreciate Kelsey's time. Like I mentioned, Really big name coming up next week. Okay, as I record this, I technically have not recorded that interview yet. So just in case it doesn't come through, although I have every reason to believe it will, just in case it doesn't come through. not going to tell you who it is, but I'm really looking forward to bringing it to you. It's going to be a lot of fun to hear from this top coach in women's college basketball next week. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can rate the show on Apple Podcasts. We've gotten a bunch of great ratings and reviews, and we appreciate that. Also, you can reach out to us by email at podcast at herhoopstats.com, podcast at herhoopstats.com. Let us know what you think. But more than that, if you've got suggestions for guests or somebody that you'd like to hear from or isn't being represented enough, I think we're getting into the point where we don't want to be too repetitive with the type of guest that we're bringing on. So please, whatever you want to hear, that's what we want to know. And if we get that pattern of requests, it's really going to help us go in the right direction. So thanks in advance for that. The announcer on the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Susie Solis. Our executive producer is Erin Barzalai. And our music by Jared Deck, JaredDeckMusic.com. I'm John Little. Happy women's college basketball season. At the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we are unlocking better insight about the women's game.
0: Her Hoop Stats.